When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into five things after we're doing it again, guys. Another blowout loss by USC at, at the Coliseum. This is Eric McKinney, joined by Mark Culkin and Greg Katz. And again, we're giving our five things after USC's 42-26 loss to Utah. Uh, this, this is the third Pac-12 loss for USC already this season. And, and there really is, is no way to kind of you know, talk about what happened there outside of just saying another home game, another blowout, and we're trying to, to put some pieces together here. So let's go to our to our first thing. Greg, we'll start with you. And first thing, as always, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and try to come up with, with a player of the game uh, for, from this one. Well, I think the player of the game for USC is Drake Linden. I think that uh, he showcased to the nation why he very much may be the Blitnikoff Award winner. I mean, uh, some of his catches, his toughness, everything that goes with it. Uh, you know, he gave such an effort. He tried so hard. You know, he took some unnecessary shots, shall we say, uh, you know, love taps. And, uh, you know, I think the guy is uh, ready to move on to the NFL um, and that uh, we should all enjoy him while he's here uh, because he's he probably, if he had come back one more year, he would be really solidified as one of the great ones in USC history. And you could put him along with Keyshawn Johnson and and and, and Mike Williams and some of the others. Uh, but in this day and age, it's hard to keep anybody uh, for more than three years. So hats off to Drake London. You did well, my friend. Uh, other than the, what do they say, uh, than the assassination of Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? I enjoyed Drake London. Mark, go ahead. You're jumping with your player of the game. Yeah, I'll just piggyback off that. Obviously, Drake London was the player of the game. Uh, he had a chance to actually tie or break Robert Wood's record for a single game uh, with uh, 17 receptions. He finished with 16. He was targeted 20 times. Believe it or not, ironically, Drake London is responsible for not at least tying the record because he had a, at least one or two easy drops that he normally would make. So on that note, it's just kind of a microcosm of what this team is. Even when they have a chance to break records, they kind of fail to execute. But, you know, not to take anything away, Drake had a phenomenal game. 16 catches, 162 yards, probably another four or five bruises on his body. Um, so to your point, Greg, hopefully he can last the season and earn that Blitnikoff award. That's, I think, the question at this point. Yeah, Eric, who's your player of the game? Cl clearly, it's Drake. I'm I'm okay that he doesn't set that record in a game like this. I sure. do hope at some point, you know, the rest of the season that he can get there and, and that he does, you know, get 17 or, or 18 and continues kind of this run that he's on. Uh, again, the player of the game for me, it's, it's got to come from the other side. It, it's Utah quarterback Cam Rising. I mean, he, he goes 22 of 28, 306 yards three touchdowns. Oh, also six carries, 27 yards. 
a touchdown where he runs through the USC defense, uh, a, a big third down conversion run, did everything. He hung out uh, on the game, for, uh, on the field uh, for a long time after, soaked it up with the Utah fans here. That, that, was, that was a big time showing. And again, a, a quarterback comes into the Coliseum wearing not Cardinal and gold and puts up a, a big performance. So again, it, it's Cam Rising, a bunch of guys from Utah really could, could have been that. For USC, it's it's Drake London. He's again the standout, again kind of the one guy that you know is going to show up and put up stats uh, game in and game out for USC. We'll go to our, our second thing here, and that's play of the game. Greg, we'll, we'll start with you, play of the game uh, from this one. Well, I'm going to stick with the London theme. I thought if you were going to get a highlight on ESPN, it certainly would have been the 20-yard uh, TD hurdle that he jumped up in the air. I mean, that, to me, uh, isolated unto itself, uh, showed you everything you need to know. Uh, he can catch it. He can run it. He can hurdle. He's an athlete. He's that player that you would see drafted uh, many decades ago by the Dallas Cowboys, a guy that could play basketball and football. And Tom Landry would say that guy is a football player in a basketball player's body. And I'm sure that uh, – you know, the old Trojan basketball coach, uh, Andy Enfield, wishes he could be a forward on his team, but uh, he's got bigger fish to fry and he's going to make a lot of money on Sunday. But what a wonderful catch and run for a touchdown. Yeah, that, that's one of those kind of that goes on your highlight reel when you're talking about Bolitnikoff awards and, and that sort of thing at the end of the year. Uh, Mark, your, your play of the game from this one. Yeah, I'm going to give Utah the play of the game. Um, it was the flea flicker right before halftime. Uh, that was the punch to the gut. And this team did not come back in the second half fighting. They did not set their jaw. They did not fight like warriors. Um, they got their ass kicked. Handed to them. You know, we talked about this on the show earlier in the week with you and Chris. Um, yeah. I'll leave it there because if I say anything further, it won't be nice. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go with Utah too. And it's just before that. And it, it's a, a a good outcome for Utah, but but it's when USC has the ball. Utah scores to go at 14-10. They're kind of towards the end of the, the second quarter. USC gets it back. It, it's a nice first play to Drake London. And then Justin Diaz is, is flagged for a personal foul and it comes back and, it, it just kind of set the tone for that drive. USC had four minutes to go ahead and, and try to put something together there at the end of the second quarter, score, maybe take a, a lead uh, into half and, and kind of feel good after that first half. That play brings it back. A couple of plays later that Keaton gets sacked on a second and eight and sets up a, a kind of unmanageable third down. They punt. Utah comes all the way back and then hits Mark's play, the, the flea flicker there. Um, and, and I know I mentioned a lot of plays, but but it's that the beginning of that drive where USC had a chance. Okay, let's let's regroup, let's put it together, let's go down and get some points here at the end of the first half. And it just kind of unravels and, and it falls apart. And that that was again kind of the first sense where you're getting a boy, this this might not be good here in, in the second half with how this is playing out. So again, it, it's not it's not a positive uh for, for USC when we're talking about plays of the game. Uh, from this one but let's go to the third thing and and mark we'll start with you here and the third thing for us is, is what you expected coming into the game 
and it delivered. And you did end up seeing that here with, with USC Utah. Uh, you know, beginning of the week, I called it. Utah is going to beat USC through the air. And, you know, your player of the game was who, Eric? Quarterback. Yep. There you go. So you, USC secondary, they were taught a lesson tonight. Uh, in every facet, whether it be run support, tackling, coverage, they did nothing well at all. It, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> it, it was that there were guys running open. There were deep balls. There were short things. They were, you know, trying to come up and, and stop yards after catch and, and tackles. Yeah, it, it was kind of a, a hodgepodge of what could go wrong, did go wrong there. Uh, Greg, you're, you're expected and, and delivered here in this game. Well, I said that in the first quarter and a half, uh, Utah would decide how this game was going to go. And uh, sometimes when you don't think you're getting a lot of yards on rushing, you're punishing your body blow after body blow after body blow. And it really, uh, going back to what uh, Mark said a little bit, you know, it's about how much heart you play with. It's how tough you are. The old saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Uh, and I think that it got a point midway in the second quarter. I said, it's beginning. I can see the wilting process. I can see the frustration and I think that uh, probably uh, Whittingham said, if you if you hit them in the mouth enough times uh, in the first half, we're going to make a statement that's going to explode in the second half. Uh, you know, I, I expected that, uh, you know, that uh, Utah would move the ball. I expected because look at Stanford did it. And, uh, you know, if, they're, if Stanford's doing it and Oregon State's doing it, why wouldn't Utah do it? Because that's kind of their, their forte. But, um, you know, Sometimes you wish it wasn't expected, but it got expected and it was unfortunate. I'll go. My, my expectation was I don't care what opposing defenses do. Drake London is still going to get his numbers because USC's offense at, at times may as well not even take the field if they're not getting Drake London involved. That That is the way that they're moving the ball right now. And so, we, we've talked a lot about him, how he shows up, how he's playing, the, the physical presence that he brings out there. It's it's outstanding. And so at this point, <laughs> you just expect he's going to do something really sensational every time out. But I'm going to go to the other side because we're talking about a blowout loss. And, and so we can't just kind of heap praise on, on a USC player. 14 nothing Utah in the third quarter. This is something that, that happens. This happens when USC struggles. They lose the third quarter, they lose it decisively, and they don't score. And so at this point, again, when they're playing a good team, a team with a pulse, a team with heart, a team that's going to come out and, and play hard, you you kind of put your finger on that third quarter and say that this is where things could turn. Uh, and and Utah started it in the second quarter and carried it all the way through the third quarter. And, and that's something where until USC proves on the field – that they can do that against a good team and, and keep kind of foot on the gas coming out of halftime. Uh, you, you have to expect that they're going to struggle in the third quarter against good, pretty good, and, and certainly really good uh, teams that they find on their schedule. All right, here we go. Fourth thing, uh, Greg, let's go back to you. This was the surprise. It's something that surprised you out of this game. Well, I guess I've kept the venom inside my fangs long enough. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I didn't think this team could be this this bad. 
it is a bad team. It plays with no heart. Uh, it's fundamentally unsound in many, many areas. Now, I don't want to usurp what I'll probably say in Inside the Trojans Huddle, which is the show that we have on Tuesdays, shameless plug. But really, there comes a point where you want to blame the coaches because you think that all the players are coachable. But they're not all coachable. It's very much, I mean, having coached myself, and I think Marcus coached too, look, there are times when you can tell the players the right thing to do. They don't do it. And then fans in the stands yell at you that, why don't you coach them? You know, I could sit there and say to a parent, hey, your kid misbehaves in class. Why aren't you a good parent at home? And they could say, I am a good parent at home. But when they come to class, they do whatever they want to do. And that's kind of where we're at. There's one player that I am not going to mention by name because of my coaching background. I don't want to embarrass him, but he's in the secondary and he plays one of the corner spots. He was relentlessly picked on. He was wide open for replays and all that sort of stuff. And this player has indicated, I'm going to go to the NFL after this season. Dude, you need another year. You can go to the NFL, but if you play like that, you're going to find out that NFL does mean not for long. Uh, you know, it's just, I think one of the other things that kind of surprised me, honestly, was that Slovis wasn't knocked out of the game. That the offensive line only gave up a couple of sacks. Uh, he was racked around a little bit, not as much as I thought he was going to be. So that was a little bit surprising to me. And I was happy for the kid. Uh, you know, he's certainly not the reason that they are what they are uh, right now. The quarterback takes the blame, but uh, you know, all in all, uh, I think we're going to be running out of surprises with this team because I think it's getting to the point where we can say after six games, you are what you are. And, uh, you know, it's not a pretty sight. Yeah. Mark, go ahead. You're surprised from this one. Yeah. I've got a couple of them and I'm going to not be nice. So earlier in the week, uh, on Wednesday after practice, we had a chance to talk to Chase Williams. And there was a question that was asked of him, um, you know, how are you, what are you guys doing differently at home as opposed to when you're on the road? And let me just read his answer real quick. Uh, the last losses we had in the colleague wasn't up to our standard and what we believe in. We have to go protect our home. We have to go in there and dominate just like any other week, whether it's away or at home, but especially when it's at home. And I feel like we have to continue to take pride in that and put in our hearts to stay hungry while we're in the Coliseum. You know what? I think the team is on a diet when they're in the Coliseum because they show no hunger. They show no fight. So as a head coach, if I'm seeing that from my veterans, from, from the upperclassmen, the surprise for me is, and I asked Dante this after the game, why aren't you putting in the younger players to see what they can do? I'll let the fans watch the interview for his own answer because I don't think you're going to appreciate the answer. So that's my surprise. The lack of fight at home, the lack of heart at home, and that the coaches don't instill any fight by saying, you know what, you're not getting the job done. I'm going to put somebody else in to see if they can get the job done. And the, the bye it's week, I think it's a vicious bye week would be fascinating for that too. Oh, absolutely. To see what kind of goes on there. Absolutely. What, what the, starters and kind of key backups look like for Notre Dame. My, my surprise is, is less, less big picture, but, but I do think 
the fact that again they come out start to fall behind and then it just falls apart at home that that it, it's surprising now again won't happen the next time that they're at home and it, and it happens that that'll go in the expected column i think uh but i darwin barlow mm. got off to a great start was solid in, in the first quarter and then didn't really see him again again there, there was no kind of update about uh injury or or anything like that um that, that seemed like something where maybe that was working and i know kind of they've gotten into a, a place and, and graham harrell's talked about it before where you fall behind and now you got to do some different things and, and boy does it feel like they sort of panic and just start kind of throwing it all over and, and doing that sort of stuff but that to me was kind of the, the in-game um surprise when he started out hot and, the, and then you didn't see them go to him sort of consistently um throughout but let's go let, let's finish it up and, and mark we'll start with you on, on the fifth thing and, and that's the biggest takeaway from this game i think it's the lack of accountability um and i and i'm just going to extend that to the coaching staff you know i don't think the players should be subjected to the media after the games like this but when i'm when I find certain coaches not hanging around and taking accountability, I, I think I understand where the team is, where their head is. Um, yeah, I'll just end it right there. I'll, 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 try and, I'll try and put it into words tomorrow with my final Sunday takeaway. Greg, go ahead. Your takeaway from, uh, from this one. My takeaway is what is the future for the rest of the season? This is un almost unheard of that SC after the first week in October mathematically is still in the PAC 12 South race, but they're on life support. They are in deep trouble. Not only they're in trouble to win the South division, that almost becomes secondary. They're in serious jeopardy of not getting a bowl game. This team could very well end up uh, on a losing end of, of a season. They could end up five and seven and, uh, I don't want to say it's a good thing, but it would be a reflection of what this year has been all about. Um, you know, the bye week is a beautiful time. It's a time to really get everybody together and say, look, now I do want to say uh, one thing that Mark said, which I think was important. You know, the players aren't getting paid to play football, but the coaches are getting paid good money at USC. The least they could do would be to show uh, leadership, show a role model example by speaking to the media afterwards, because uh, they are the they are the adults supposedly in the room, and to not talk with the media afterwards sends a very ugly message in all directions. And I do hold them accountable for not speaking to the media. It's not the first time they've done it; they've done it before. But when the going is the way it is right now, they are really obligated to face up to it. Because if they're not going to face up to it, why should the players? Why should the players face up to it? It's the old thing. Why should I do it, Dad? You don't do it. You know, you smoke, but you tell me not to smoke. And I think that this is uh, something that the coaching staff is going to have to sit down in the future, in the next week, and say, look, guys, where are we going? And Dante's going to have to look at his, He's the head coach now. You know, I know he's not the coordinator one way or the other, but look at it's all hands on deck. Okay. They're putting out the chairs of the Titanic at this moment. And, you know, you can't just rearrange the chairs and say, we're not going down. He's going to have to sit there and say, if I'm going down, we're going down the way I want it to go down. And so, uh, I mean, I expect that Dante will be on the staff next year. 
And uh, the new coach is going to pay attention to what Dante does uh, this year. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll keep him, but, you know, Dante could do himself well by being the head coach, as difficult as it is uh, in his position. So uh, hopefully they can make something out of it the second half of the season. Yep. <laughs> and that kind of goes into my takeaway is, boy, it feels like there are no answers right now. There has been tweaks for practice. There were some tweaks for how to get ready for this game and, and prep and that sort of stuff. And you come out and you you do this. How many more tweaks or changes or, or anything like that do you even have in there? I mean, how many can you make? And if you haven't made them by now and and absolutely Dante does not get credit for the, the Stanford loss that that's before him. And that's, you know, you're, you're trying to change after that, but you had Oregon state and, and you've got this one now against Utah. If, if you couldn't see what happened against Stanford, see what happened against Oregon state and, and figure something out for Utah, at what point can you start putting in those changes and, and finding those answers to get this thing corrected? I, I, I don't know where you are right now, kind of as, as a program, be it coaches, be it players, be it scheme, be it effort, be it whatever. If you, if you couldn't find the answer for this one, I don't know where you come up with those. And, and like you talked about, you go searching for three wins to get the bowl eligibility right now. And it's, that's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle to find kind of, okay, you know, you, you got this one, you got this one. And, and, you know, Arizona's one, you think, you hope they're going to show up for Notre Dame. You hope they're going to show up for UCLA, but there are some programs right now left on this schedule that smell blood in the water a little bit with USC. And, and there isn't a program that brings out kind of killer instinct to the rest of the Pac-12, like when USC's down. Those programs will absolutely love piling on a, a wounded USC. And so, They've got to they've got to figure something out going forward because it's that that was not that was not a good performance that that was put out there uh, on the field at the Coliseum against Utah and and so on that happy note we'll we'll wrap this up and again that's our look kind of at, at five things from a a 42-26 Utah win against USC for Mark Culkin the Red Cats this is Eric McKinney thanks for watching and thanks for listening to the RSC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.